Hello, everybody, and welcome to Juice Fresh Talk. I am your host. I'm going to keep scooching. I'm trying to get, sorry, I'm like taking no, all the space. It's okay. It's okay. We're trying to get situated and comfortable here. And if you touch the table, everything shakes. So trying to be extra careful. So I am your host, Dr. Cindy Bianier, and I am here with special guest host today, Sarah Wilson. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm filling in for Chantel this week. Yeah, because Chantel is on Amazing Adventure in Pakistan. Yeah. And we've been seeing the pictures coming in from that, and mm -hmm. she is just exploring there. It looks like she's a celebrity. She definitely looks like a celebrity. And I think one of her <laughs> posts, she even said she's feeling like Yonsei with a yeah. B next to it. So she's eating up that celebrity status that yeah. is being put on her. She's just got, she's so bright and bubbly too. I'm sure that when people are seeing her, they're just, they're very happy. And there's all these pictures of kids running up mm -hmm. to her. Yeah. It's so cool. So we're hoping that she has a fantastic rest of her journey. Yeah. And can't wait to hear all the stories when she comes back here to us in Fort Myers. But this week, what are we talking about? Oh, what aren't we talking about? There is a whole <laughs> lot going on in Florida right now. We are like the talk of the country right now. And for yep. good reason, because there's a lot of shenanigans going on that we need to break down. And I think people need to know how these things affect them directly. Yeah and how they affect communities. Directly. So really, it's all about the Florida legislature. So we're going to yeah. be talking about the different bills that are coming up. We did a little bit. If you want a whole primer on this, check out not today's episode, but the episode from last week of Misinformational with Rebecca Jones. We also have a write-up on the website, bigmouthmediafl.com basically outlining all of not it's not even all it's only just like a handful of areas yeah, it would be impossible. impossible but it's the bills that are affecting education and healthcare. and the one thing that she pointed out just before we dive into the topics here is that there's been a huge change in the information and the privacy stature mm. um the privacy ordination uh, ordinances related to public officials Ooh. So trying to make it more difficult and exempting public officials from public records requests. But they want all the information on us, which is pretty hypocritical because most of the bills that we're talking about are seen by many, myself included, to be an invasion on privacy. And we're still waiting to hear from the Florida Supreme Court on the initial abortion ban, which was 15 weeks. So many of us in the activist world or even just people that are interested in that have been hypothesizing that they're going to wait. They're going to wait to put forth any other bans until that goes through the Supreme Court because of Florida's position on privacy in our Constitution. They did well, not. They did not. Did not. The six-week abortion ban was put forth mm -hmm. last week by Southwest Florida, co-sponsored by Southwest Florida representatives Jenna Persons and Spencer Roach. And I know that it was in committee today. So why don't you just give everybody a little bit of an overview about what we're looking at with this particular law. Okay, this particular law bans abortion at six weeks. It does, however, have an exception for rape and incest. But the problem with that is, and going back to the privacy issue, the problem with that is, is that you have to provide all of this documentation on the fact that you've been raped. You have to prove that to the physician, and then they have to keep record of that, be it a police report, a restraining order, medical examination. So all of this information that they're mm -hmm. asking already know, or most people know the difficulty surrounding that when it comes to rape and how difficult that is to rehash that experience mm -hmm. and why many rapes go unreported. 
So because of the like historical, it, it, even in court, when women have to prove that they've been raped and they're often questioned or, right. or their characters put online and or they're put on trial. So that's like a difficult situation already. Right. So now they have to prove that they've been raped to yet another party, their doctor, right. in order to get this medical treatment. So to me, the first thing I think of when I look at that is, wow, that is an incredible invasion on privacy. And we have all of these laws to protect medical records and to protect your privacy right. in that way. And now you're having to put all of this on record <clears throat> and prove your point. And of course, it's rolling back because we do have, as you said, the 15-week abortion mm -hmm. ban that passed in the 2022 legislative session. Right. And that is being challenged in the courts. And it's interestingly, because we have the rollback of Roe at the Supreme Court level, but the the case, I think, is being tried because of the Supreme Court of Florida and the Constitution of Florida that protects privacy. So this is interesting. So it actually might be that piece of law and legal framework that rolls back the 15-week abortion ban here in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll see about the legality of the six week as well, because it will be on similar grounds. Oh Absolutely. my goodness. Look at this. That is guys, beautiful. Check this out. So we are of course here at Seed and Bean, downtown Fort Myers. And I just got this beautiful cocktail. Look at this. It's, I can't even remember what it's called. It's watermelon, cucumber, mocktail. Let me give it a try. Mojito of some sort. And I'm here with my plain water now regretting my choice because that oh. looks gorgeous. So good. So don't forget that you can come and join us here at Seed and Bean. Yes. It's open during the day. They got a great food menu, great snacks, great drinks. But if you join us, we get if you get here at 530 and then we stay here a little bit after the show as well, you can join in the conversation. You can pipe in <laughs> when we're talking. We have a, a special guest here with me, Megan. Mika Vargas, who was my campaign assistant through the summer, and we worked on the Capitol Hill together back at the turn of the century, <laughs> which sounds so very long ago at this point, but yeah. she's down here visiting and we're reminiscing and she's joined us here. But yeah, this is a great opportunity. We're trying to build some community, right. and some conversation. Yeah. Fresh Talk is about these tough conversations, right. especially with Chantel. And that's what's so brilliant about when we have her here with us. She's saying some of these, right. these things that people accept as just, just real. We can talk about them because I think that this is important for us to do now because otherwise we don't want people just walking in, taking assumptions and doing what everybody tells them to do. Right. Chantel has a certain intellectual curiosity which could segue into another thing going on in Tallahassee. So we all know about the, what is the name of it, Cindy? Give me the name. The attacks okay. on higher ed? Yeah. What are, what's the, who cares about the name? It's an attack on higher education. Oh, the specific bills. There's several bills. There's the Senate bill and then there's the House bill yeah. that talk about hiring, talk about critical race theory yet again, which to me, and this is the biggest part of that, is that they don't even know the definition of critical race theory, which causes this vagueness. Like, yes. Because for me, what I'm really taking out of this is what you mean, and the way it's been described, is what you mean is anything that's critical on race relations throughout American history. And, you know, now you hear when everyday folks are being interviewed on it, they're like, oh, and critical queer theory. Now, I don't think that's actually a thing. No. And they're saying like critical anything. So it's just like, that's now become the, 
the moniker for things. What I do know is that in the bills that are coming through the Florida legislature right now, they're actually working to roll back tenure. So they're looking for mm -hmm. a tenure review, which by the way, let me just tell you as somebody who's worked in academia for nine years, no one like me is going to get ten tenure. Okay. The folks that have tenure right now, the very few that are left, right? are yeah. they're going to be there and frankly the university systems want them to not have tenure anymore right because they're more expensive instead what they've done to the millennial class of academias academics is they have pigeonholed us into right. essentially adjunct positions so 75 percent of institutional faculty staff at universities across the united states and florida universities are no exception right. are part-time adjunct faculty so that means that most of the time that students, especially undergrad students, have somebody in their class that's a part-time instructor. I am a PhD, so I'm like the least desirable adjunct faculty, not because of what I do, but because I'm more expensive. They pay the PhDs a little bit more, right. but it's better to have a PhD adjunct faculty than it is to have a full professor because those folks, they have to pay for right. healthcare and they give them office and all this other kind of stuff. So actually my university, my, my department chair always tries to give me more classes and it's always rejected by the university because if I go over, they have to consider me a full-time staff and they have to give me healthcare and they don't want to. Which is a huge problem with right. any job. Like right. we see that, especially after COVID and people were losing their jobs and everybody's like, nobody wants to work. No, nobody wants to work and get what part-time hours so you can hire a million people, give them part-time, no benefits. Right. Who can support themselves? Right. Way? And yeah, it's tough. It's yeah. super tough. So that whole thing is just an attack on this idea that there's these entrenched right. folks in, in, in academia. And it's really just, it's very archaic at this point. The other thing that's actually in that bill talks about actually eliminating different departments, gender studies. Right. And then that's where you get the critical race theory. And they said something like, I think they did throw the critical queer theory or yeah, something in did. there too. They did. But it's one of those things where it's, I don't, maybe at Florida State or at Florida, they have these. They um, have queer features. theory, but I don't think critical. A critical theory is a way of going about research. Yeah. It's a specific type of research. Yeah. So that's where, where again, I'm like, okay, but these, and the problem isn't that okay, this is what is actually the law. The problem is that no one is clear what the actual law is. So they're changing the way that they're presenting information. As a student, as a college student right now, just since all of these bills have been proposed in the last two years, I've noticed a huge difference in how my professors are teaching. And I'm bored. I'm bored because it's like just a regurgitation of information mm. rather than taking a deep critical dive on information, it's not to say, oh, you're bad. It's to say, how can we look at this and analyze it and see the different groups and how they were affected and how that still affects us today. To be relatable, yeah. not to criticize per se, but to be relatable and to understand where we are. And if you're not critically thinking at the college level, then you have a what problem. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you even doing? So that's where it goes back to that intellectual curiosity. The whole point of academia and scholarly research is to think critically and to be curious about how these systems affect one another and yeah. how they have throughout history. And what I just, I, my brain is going as you're talking Sorry. too, because like I said, <laughs> no, it's perfect. Because like I said, I haven't changed, but then again, 
I don't care if they fire right. what I I'm part-time this I tell my students that this is like my side gig yeah I love the students and that's why I'm there I love teaching that's it but if they fire me that's okay but I almost wonder if that's not the point like that Clearing they can people out yeah. that they can just defund it and move will get people out in a way so that it won't it will be more difficult to keep and retain staff right yeah I think so and also like this whole idea of liberal indoctrination. I'm like, but the whole point in taking critical thinking out of academia is that you're indoctrinating. Let you're me, giving information and so asking people not I to question I swear to it. God, if I could indoctrinate my students to do anything, it would be to like do their work. I can't I do get my them work. to do that. Like, I do I my work. I don't. Like, trust me, there's no indoctrination going on because <laughs> I can't get them to show up. I can't get them to like listen, do I'm their work. Always so. appalled when I hear other students, they're like, you, you're reading that? I'm like, yeah, it's a sign. What does that even mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm an old lady right. going back to school. Right. So there's yeah. a totally, you know, different, there's... totally different feel. If I can indoctrinate them. Yeah. Like I would, it's like, I literally, like my class, I'm like, can you just please just try to think for five minutes on that? That's bad. Just think about it. Just think about it. And if you've done that, then I've done a good job. Yeah. No, there's not any indoctrination. And what's always no. funny to me is that for me, I ran for Congress. My, my opinions are really well known, but in class, I'm very good at yeah. buffering that. Yeah. My evaluations are always about how fair and how I present different sides and how everybody feels welcome and to have these right. conversations, which is really says something. Oh, and absolutely. what's so funny is the guy who in the Florida legislature in 2022 sponsored the bill that made it necessary for everybody in the university to take a survey of their political opinions, the staff and the students was Ray Rodriguez, who was an administrator at Florida Gulf Coast University. Interesting. And so I actually saw him at a forum one day and I was like, Ray, I was like, what are you doing, man? I was like, this is, this is a target. I was targeting. I said, I was like, I get, I have really amazing reviews from my students and always being really fair. And I said, and if you're not targeting me, who are you targeting? The most over political person on faculty mm -hmm. if you're not targeting me who are you targeting he goes not everybody's like you and i'm but again That's i'm like so not true if you're not targeting me who are you targeting i'm i can say again as a student of political science okay i'm studying politics and i even the professors that i now know personally outside of school who i know their political beliefs never did they overstep or push any of their beliefs or nothing like that. Never did I feel. In fact, there were many times where I was like, how are you even tolerating the commentary in this class yeah. right now? Because sometimes it would be off the wall, especially in this kind of political climate. Yeah. The things we hear in these classes now can be crazy, but right. it's just this, this whole idea of stripping queer studies of black history at the, even at the high school level and making it go back to remove all of this stuff to whitewash it basically when our history, even in K through 12, is already so whitewashed. It already is. And another, so a lot of the things that are happening too are very, um, some of them are very inside baseball ones. One of the things that's also in that bill is right. about giving more control to the boards uh -huh. of yeah. the universities. Right. And the boards are appointed by the governor. So Convenient. for instance, on FGCU's board, Erica Donalds, who is my former opponent, Byron Donald's wife, who has zero experience mm -hmm. in higher education, 
And her experience is actually in charter schools at the under at the K to 12 level, but somehow she should be on the board. And he was on the board at FSW too. He was not qualified to be there either. Yeah. But because it's not about being qualified, it's about it's cronyism. It's cronyism. It's, it's crony politics. It's definitely cronyism. You were just appointing people who are friendly yeah. and friendly to our ideology, and then we're making this the accusations that's actually happening on the other side. It's like this mirrored effect. Yep. But yeah, so basically the one thing that I really wanted to talk about is how communities are reacting to -hmm. these bills and how activists are reacting to Mm -hmm. these bills. So if you're having like this backsliding and taking out Black African American history, queer studies, things like that, then you have these groups that are coming in to say, oh, okay, we got to pick up the slack because we cannot have this information being withheld, it's important information. And again, Mm -hmm. that's going back to where we are today is a direct reflection of where we've been. Oh, my wife is saying hello. Hi, boo. (laughs) Hi, thanks for watching. But so we're seeing that happen in a big way right here in Lee County. Okay, so we have the Lee Black History Society and Museum. It's incredible. One of our local attorneys who is, in my opinion, he's just the man in Lee County. He doesn't even know I exist, but as a future attorney, I look at him like he's the man. It's Joe North. Joe North. Go, go Joe. Yeah, go Joe. He just donated 100000 You heard me. $100,000 to right. the Lee County Black Society and Museum. Yeah. So that's just another way because it's these kinds of centers, institutions, museums, whatever, they're going to become even more crucial because they're going to have to fill in that gap of Mm -hmm. making sure that real history is being taught because we can't continue like right now. That's why we are where we are because of the ignorance, because white students need this information just as much. So that's the big issue is there's going to be a gap there where white students really need black history. It's American history. This is influence and contributions made by black Americans that nobody knows about. And I feel like art and music also come in family that also steps Mm -hmm. in to really fill those gaps. For me, that's where I gained access to any information on activism was the music I listened to. Mm -hmm. I had that. And I'll never forget when I first like first started getting into activism, honestly, was because of Tupac, one of my favorite artists, because I'm listening to his music and I'm like, wait, what's going on? What? Because yeah. you don't hear that. You don't know that yeah. information. You Unless have you're to living get it, it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so especially. Shout to Tupac. Yeah. She's wearing a Wu-Tang shirt too. I, but. I mean, I'll represent for <laughs> Wu-Tang as well, but culture and, and music has a way of moving people to act or to learn more. And books even. So but, we talk wait, about books? but wait, where are the books going? They're being pulled off the shelves of schools across Florida. Again, because of vaguely written legislation right. around these different standards and things like that. And so schools, because now there are actually could potentially face legal charges Mm -hmm. to the individuals in the schools. Mm -hmm. They have these certain books. There was one author in particular, Jodi Piocult. I don't know how to say her name, but she's a youth author. 20 of her books got pulled from the shelves of Martin County. Holy. Apparently what's been happening is this Moms for Liberty, which is this 
group of women, and this, by the way, bankrolled by some very powerful extremist packs. They just take this list of books that say, hey, these are the books that we don't like. If one person complains about them, they have to go through this process. Now, what one of their strategies has been is to actually take all the books, complain about all the books, and then basically bury the school in paperwork so that they can't do mm -hmm. the process. And they just remain off the shelf indefinitely because they can't, they can't do a proper review process for 90 books in the time period, which is two weeks. So yeah, it's getting to the point where one person can come and say, oh, all these books are off limits for all the students. It's a pretty, it's a pretty worrisome state of affairs right. here in Florida. Yeah. And actually when asked by the, I think it was the, one of the spokesperson for the Senate majority leader on the book bans, they, they were quoted as saying, this shouldn't be an issue because the school media specialists should already be making sure that it, the appropriate content is available for students and inappropriate content is not. But what do they deem? The problem is okay. what they deem inappropriate. Right. What they deem inappropriate is real history. Okay. It's not critical history. It's right. actual history. Virgil Clemente. Yeah. Oh God. Talk Toni about Morrison. That. Yeah. <laughs> some of it are just some of the greatest authors yeah. of the 20th century. Toni right. Morrison is one of the greatest, not greatest black author. She is a black author, but she is one of the greatest authors. Yeah. Sorry. Hands down. Yeah. So it's just another way to cause trouble within the school district because they're also under attack in, in other ways with, I think I believe it's one, it's the first bill that was filed this year, which is the total school choice bill. Oh God. So this bill makes it, removes essentially the income caps that there were for what's called the Hope Scholarship and allows those to be applied to any private school or charter school, any school in the state, any right. school in the state, for anybody, for any reason, without limitations. And this is being called by opponents the Defund the Schools Act, essentially, because this is what it will do. It will end public schools because right. at any point in time, they're even actually talking about allowing those dollars to go to homeschool. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're talking about upwards of $50,000 a year. So even That's people insane. who might ordinarily want to keep their kids in school, and I've heard my liberal and progressive friends talking about this too, but with some of the changes between pulling books off the shelf, right. between things like the Guardian program, which Lee County just right. approved the school board, by the way, that's arming people within the schools. And you want to talk about trying to roll back school lunches and all these things that are happening. Yeah. Even liberal and progressive parents are considering pulling their kids out of school. And heck, if you're going to give me $50,000 right. per student to school, to homeschool my kid, yeah, that's a tough thing to look at and not accept. But we also have to like the kids that aren't able to do that, the work, again, all of these bills, what they end up doing is hurting people that are already hurting. So we're like the abortion bill, criminal, we're again punishing people in poverty who don't have access to physicians. Six weeks, are you kidding me to find out that they're pregnant in six weeks? Yeah. Like, then you have this where, okay, I'm a working mother, working father who can't stay at home with my child. They have to but go to public school. if you give me $100,000 to homeschool my two kids, yeah, okay. I'm going to quit yeah, my I job. Mean, maybe. Okay. But then we have other ways that it's affecting $50, our $50,000 for one kid? Yeah. That's crazy. And the, our mean, public gonna, schools are Everybody's already... going to quit and homeschool their kids. Yeah. 
My yeah, wife you- says, FYI, you can't even get a doctor's appointment in this town in six weeks. Mm-hmm. You are so right. You cannot. You cannot. Luckily, okay, luckily Planned we have Parenthood. places like Planned Parenthood, Piper. That's a whole nother issue. The defunding of Planned Parenthood, who provides more than abortions. That's where a lot of people go for their cancer screenings. Like all of these things are, that's what I mean. They affect the wider community. Sure. People quit their jobs because they're going to get paid $50,000 a year to homeschool. Okay. Where's our workforce going? So we have all of these. They're gonna, that's the, what is that? The F-A-F-O? Yeah. Okay. We're going to fuck around and find out. <laughs> Shit. I'll stay home for $100,000 to take like, care of these kids. I know. like, to homeschool I'll take all kids. these kids. Yeah. Maybe. 50 grand a pop. I'll that's take all of them. That's more than teachers get paid. I'm just going to become a homeschool teacher. <laughs> yeah. Can I get that check too? Yeah. I don't have kids, Shit, yeah. but I'll teach your kids. We'll just go to the farm and do goat yoga and stuff. I could provide a decent education out there on that farm and about life is, skills. About you could actually get all these kids to just work on your. See, this is the now type we're, of opportunity now, we're looking at. Now we're encroaching on labor laws. I think we. Yeah, we're gonna roll back those too, just like Arkansas. What? Yeah. Fuck why child not? labor laws. Yeah, we need a workforce. They need to start young. <laughs> Sorry. Get them on the farm. We're kidding. Okay. <laughs> Don't cancel us. We are kidding. Okay. All right. Okay. So education's under attack. Okay. Let's talk about the other. Another area that's really in this vein of the culture war attack. Okay. And that's the trans health. So today yes. was the first day actually that the the medical care for trans youth became illegal in the state of Florida. Okay. Cindy, you're going to have to, I'm a member of the LBGTQ community. However, I'm not as knowledgeable on this. Yeah. So this one is tough. Trans folks have become this lightning rod for the right, essentially, because it's a tough area. It's a tough thing. It had been something that was very undercover in the past. And as opinions have liberalized over the last several decades, Mm -hmm. been more visual, visuality, visualization of people in the trans community. And they have now, especially over the last five years, become this um, very... Yeah, lightning round is the best way to put it. It started with the bathroom bills, which is yeah, the same yeah, kind yeah. of thing where they say, okay, you have to use the bathroom that's assigned to you. At I don't even know why people care about or... that because I'll tell you right now, I've peed in many of men's restrooms because I'm going wherever is available. And I, so I, I traveled well, around China in the that? early 2000s. I've pissed in the trough <laughs> with no door. I'm, with I'm you. terrible I at just... squatting, like peeing outside. I'm terrible. This is TMI, but I'm not good at that. So I actually want the Battlestar Galactica bathrooms <laughs> for my sci-fi friends. You know what I'm talking about? No. no. no Battlestar idea. Galactica had like these totally integrated bathrooms. They had totally integrated sports, like NBD, all of it. Oh, That's okay. what I want. I think the bottom line is however you feel, okay, about what medications or trans youth and how, what hormones or whatever they're doing, okay, However you feel about it, the problem here is that state is taking authority right. and they're coming in where medical doctors belong. So that's that's what I want people to really understand with abortion, with these trans bills, is that we are making the state come into this very personal decisions, right. decisions that should be made within a family. And the assumption is when the state inserts itself, the assumption is that we are incapable of making these decisions ourselves. So it speaks to in, to a whole slew of other issues and has so many 
like expanding implications, especially for me with abortion, with women and how we're viewed and how, how capable we are to not be like these murderous villains because that's how we're being portrayed. And it's not that. It's yeah. not that at all. I think a lot of it too, these are buzzword things. These are, right. these Absolutely. are things that get people Absolutely. going. The evangelical right has really taken the mantle mm -hmm. of anti-abortion. It's been a huge push mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. And they villainize the entire thing. The fact of the matter is that these are medical procedures. The vast majority of them are, do not occur in the way that the dead baby sign holding no. people say that they do. They are full abortions in the early days of a pregnancy. And it happens before the pregnancy is viable and so on and so forth. The thing is the late, the later term ones, there's something that's always wrong. It's mm -hmm. not ladies just rolling up saying, Hey, guess right, what? I right. don't want this kid anymore. It's like, they're going to die. <laughs> they're bleeding out from the inside, right. which by the way, I also heard the United States has just an absolutely abhorrent maternal mortality rate oh. and has higher, of course, for black women, but we're talking about it being 15 times right. as high as our nearest developed country counterpart, 15 times. So it's 33.2 women per 100,000 births die. And Crazy. it's two per 100,000 in Australia. And black women are what, three times? Yeah. Three times So you're higher? talking about that disproportionately affecting black women. Okay. Absolutely, yep. of course. And so there's pregnancy is a dangerous thing, especially in the United States right. now. And it, a lot of it does have to do with misinformation around abortion care. I've actually met and talked with numerous women who are anti-abortion, who themselves have had abortions and don't even know. They don't even know. This is wild. This is wild. What? Because the procedures that they have, if you've had a DNC after a miscarriage, oh, yeah. if you've had even the, what they call the late term abortion, so that's anything after, I think it's 16 weeks. There, I've met two women just in the past year who have had pr those procedures and do not even recognize that they've had an abortion because they've been so misled by the propaganda and the anti-abortion movement that they don't realize that the medical care, the necessary medical right. care that they received are, is at risk because of yeah. the types of laws that they're promoting. Well, that's why it's so problematic and why we're seeing women dying who have like literally dead fetuses inside of them that right. they can't get the DNC that they need after the fatality because doctors the term that they use for all of those situations is abortions right. so when you have that in legislation doctors don't know what to do so again mm -hmm. it's the way that these laws are being written and the consequences that they are having outside of and that's why they're vague okay that's they're, why they're, they're vague. vague because they're and they're written poorly because it's not about legislation and law and right. policy it's about political point and they don't really care what they've had or even frankly if they're unconstitutional and have been proven unconstitutional before which mm -hmm. many laws that we see are coming through the senate have especially many of these abortion laws have been tried but they kept throwing them at the fence hoping that one day the row would be turned over and it yeah. happened yeah the other thing with the trans bills and this is what i just like to remind folks is we are talking about an extraordinarily small amount of people yeah just a very small but very right. vulnerable group of people. Yeah. No one is just running around saying, I'm going to change my gender because today I feel like wearing a dress. Which is how it's portrayed. Which it is, is how portrayed it's portrayed that way. It's portrayed that confused children who don't right. yet know who they are. And I'll, like I said, I'll be honest, this isn't an issue that I'm, I fight for the rights of every individual so that they can make their own decisions with their bodies and with their families or with their parents if they're a minor. So 
I'm going to fight for that issue, of course, but I'm not as knowledgeable. Yeah. The thing is that, especially with the gender affirming care for minors, right. it really doesn't happen. And this is the part that people don't talk about, but it doesn't happen essentially unless there's been a suicide attempt. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So the trans folks who are transgender have the highest rate of suicide among right. any group yeah. of people in the country. And typically speaking, the only time they're ever considering any type of gender affirming care for a child is if that child's mental well-being is so troubled because of the situation with their gender okay. that they have to consider all interventions and gender affirming care might be one of those interventions. Yeah. And that's the part that they leave out when they talk about it. Yes, I mean, we're absolutely. actually talking about saving the life of a child through gender affirming care. Gotcha. It's never just, Oh, Timmy, today you want to wear a dress. Let's go get you some hormones. Okay. It's not yeah. like that. It's literally like people are going through this. And I know people who are transgendered individuals who are, it's taken them years and years. And let's not forget how incredibly expensive that any of this is. Oh. So I know somebody who's transgender that they have been living, they transition for themselves at right. age 26 yeah. and is hoping someday to be able to afford the other surgeries that they want. So this is something that it's well, never just like a flip decision. And I think you also too have to look at because it is so expensive and because some youth teenagers and maybe even teenagers that get kicked out of their homes are struggling so much that there's a whole black market for this and it could be dangerous if well, let, that's the other thing that we can talk about too. You want to talk about how many, what percentage of homeless youth are LGBT? It's upwards of 80%. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, amongst clear. them, here's the other thing that we don't like to talk about because this is what happens when you create an environment where children are not welcome right. in their home. How do those, it's not even just a black yeah. market for stuff, right. but a whole lot of those youth are sexually abused right? because yeah, yeah. that's how they can find a home. That is how mm -hmm. they can afford to live in a yeah. hotel when their parents won't take them in. Absolutely. And it happens every single day. I've seen it firsthand. I've yeah. worked with a youth LGBT, a youth homeless program right here in Southwest Florida in Charlotte County. And this happens every single day. And if you've ever been to Charlotte County, you've ever been to Punta oh, Gorda, you know, it's about as white bread as white bread gets. And if I tell you that there are any single given night of the week, a hundred LGBT kids who are tricking or being tricked out because they have no place to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It happens even in the most, otherwise mundane of communities. Yeah, I've definitely had many of friends that have been in that scenario and it's very common. And being kicked out of your home is very common. And I think people think because the young people I know are like shocked by the fact that, you, and I'm referring to just being gay, lesbian, or however you identify, even not trans, people are shocked. Oh, it was rough. It's still rough. Like, yeah. it's still rough. You still face a lot of discrimination, a lot of children with families that are completely unaccepting, staying closeted, or mm -hmm. getting kicked out of their homes when they do come out. So this is still a thing. And even when it comes to same-sex marriage, I'm like, some of my classmates are like in disbelief that it wasn't legal always. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it's only been eight years now. I got married the year it was legalized in 2015. And that was eight years ago. It, yeah. Like to think that if, and going back to that, like if Roe can be overturned after 50 yeah. years, like that's why we have to be, I'm going to plug voting right now because if we're not diligent 
about how we're voting, any one of our freedoms, any one of our protections can be stripped. And we're watching that happen in real time right now in the state of Florida, specifically across the nation, really. There are attempts, but... In Florida right now is like ground zero, I feel like. Yeah, it is. And it's because it's politically motivated. Right. Ron DeSantis has aspirations of presidency. This is what's so funny. I don't know what you're going to say, but do you know that Donald Trump is suing him? Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. No, it's okay. Go ahead. No, that's it. I was just like. Oh, okay. So (laughs) go, 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 go. Donald Trump's PAC, a PAC that he's associated with, is begging for a the ethics committee the florida commission yes commission which is funny because ron DeSantis appoints all those people but anyway oh i didn't even think of that yeah. okay so yeah so they're asking that he be investigated it's for, a nothing burger but it'll it'll tie him up but there bit. is some trump i will say has a point he's accusing ron DeSantis of running a shadow campaign so basically that means that he's running for president without saying he's running for president but in like with all of the documentation, campaign finance, like that's a big deal. If he's getting gifts, if he's getting funds without making that, Cindy, you probably know more I'm just about thinking this than I do, like, but I think, I don't know about the fundraising Trump feels side. like this could create a disadvantage or an advantage for Ron DeSantis. And I'm sorry, but I'm here for the Ron DeSantis first Trump show. I am, I am here for it. I look forward to it. I will. Cannot wait to watch them destroy each other. Such it's, petty bullshit. But yeah, I am too. I'm here for it. And hey, wait, speaking of petty bullshit, do you know who else is running for president in the GOP primary? No. Joe Exotic. No, shut Tiger your mouth. King. Oh, announced Lord. his bid for presidency behind bars in Alabama. Now we just need, what's her name? Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. She should <laughs> run as a Democrat. <laughs> Let's get Carol Baskin's on the... But remember, listen, they found Carol Baskin's husband. No, that's a myth. That's a myth. I saw that. Actually, I own a tattoo shop right here in downtown Fort Myers. Dark Moth Tattoo. Plug, plug. But I came out of my office the other day because I hear people saying, did you know they found Carol Baskin's husband? And what I found is that's a myth. And she's promoting it, which of course she is if she really murdered him, right? She, no, he's alive. He's in Costa Rica. Guys, Tiger King in the beginning of COVID. COVID in the beginning was surreal. a vibe. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was surreal, but it was like a break from life for yeah. everyone. And then everybody watched Tiger King and Disney sing-alongs. And- yeah, and then... You know, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, and then all hell broke loose. Politically, socially, it was hell that needed. Okay, let me rephrase that because I'm not going to say that needed to happen. But the hell that broke loose needed to happen. Like, to bring to the forefront the injustices that many people know about. Yeah. But we're not being seen, even thinking about like Black Lives Matter as an organization, they've been going on or been an organization since Trayvon Martin. Not many people were really on board with that until George Floyd. So I think it brought the masses together because we were all in that pause from every, Mm -hmm. everybody was able to pay attention and come together. And I hate that it's died down. I was gonna say, now we just have to survive. And here in Florida, I think that we're here in Fort Myers. So Fort Myers is still reeling ostensibly from Hurricane Ian. Lots of different. Coming off the back of COVID. Coming off the back of COVID. Yeah, we're six months from Hurricane Ian. My friend Megan, who's been visiting with her family, just went out to the islands, can attest that they are still 
mm-hmm. flattened, very little things going, it's a few businesses, but it's tough. We have learned since then that there was fights between the local government and the federal government with FEMA trailers, people not getting their housing. We learned that the insurance companies were bilking people, providing as low as only 20% of estimated damages. Now we also have found that the insurance companies across the state of Florida are also not reinsuring people in hurricane zones. Oh, and by the way, over 12,000 residential structures were destroyed. So we have a housing crisis causing extreme inflation way above what we're seeing nationally. And we're already seeing nationally inflation in housing. So on top of that, Lee County leads the state in unemployment because our small businesses are so many were decimated on the beach and tourists just are not coming because you can't even swim in the water. So we're on the precipice of the worst of the worst right now. I feel like they're still coming because I don't know what the hell. Traffic is still insane. It's It's because of spring training. Yeah. Oh, okay. Actually, spring training brings in almost as much money as the beaches do. I was going to say, because a lot of these, what's going on in higher education, like I know myself, I'm relieved that I'm done in July. I don't have to deal with all of this. Yeah. But are we going to really attract students still to these universities in Florida? U.S. is no. a great university, but who wants to come to the universities well, here? and that's interesting, too. So there's been some commentary by that on that by Ron DeSantis and his administration, and specifically related to New College. And just a little primer for those of you that don't know what's going on at New College. New College was a small liberal arts college, public university up near... Sarasota. Sarasota. It's in Sarasota. Sarasota. I was actually supposed to go there. Oh, interesting. It's an honors college. Yeah. And it's liberal arts, super small, awesome school, great faculty. And they have been made a target because they're specifically a liberal arts school. And it started with Ron DeSantis appointing people to the board. We already talked a little bit about that. So he put his cronies and folks on that board. And then they fired the president. And then they put in a very conservative president of the university. And what they, the administration had said about this was that, look, we don't care what's going to happen because what we're going to do is we're going to attract a new type of student and everybody's going to be responsive to that. So I don't think they care. Yeah, that's the plan. They're trying to weed all of the liberals out. And I hate to use the, like the labels, but really in all honesty, they're trying to weed people out and attract and it's working. Unfortunately, I think to a certain extent, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. Southwest I legally can't, but oh, <laughs> she's legally bound. But I have to stay within fifty miles of my marriage. I love Southwest Florida. Like I love our community here. I feel like we have such a special community. But it's so I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna stay and fight and for as long as I can. But it it does sometimes feel like we're getting defeated. It's just tough. We got beat in the long game. What did I even see? Ron DeSantis was quoted as saying the the Democratic Party was left dead on the side of the road. Yikes. In the last election. Yeah. Which is, there was a lot of things that happened in the 2022 election. We can also say candidates. Sorry. Quality. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) She worked for Charlie Crist. Okay. I'm like, wait a minute, lady. Hey, listen, let me, I love me some Charlie Crist. I love Charlie Crist too. People did not understand. What I heard a lot of is he wasn't progressive enough. And I feel like those people did not read his policy. They did not because he was very progressive. I, and his policies, shout out to the 
to some of our team. And I think that it, it didn't have anything to do with that. I think it had to do. Charlie was too nice for he, politics today. I, but that I agree. For Florida and politics, listen, Charlie listen, was too nice. Chantel and I talk about this a lot because, and I think we all feel this way. Like Democrats, stop falling into the stereotype of being this weak, meek, yeah. shrill. Like, stop that. Yeah. Stop that. No, we don't need to be like a Marjorie Taylor Greene, okay? We don't need to be ignorant. Sorry. But we do need to fight back. We and we need strong. to put some teeth yeah. into the fight. So I agree with that. But, yeah, but I think we also, Charlie... He is sweet. I, he He's is a very a nice, sweet, man. good man. I just think it was like this. That matchup was not going to be good, and frankly, neither was Nikki versus Charlie. No, it was going to be, it was going to be bad because there was going to be a ton of other stuff. She would have had the sexism and all this other stuff going against her. Yeah, but I think what it, what we've seen in, the, in Florida in particular is that people got really ginned up about DeSantis. They got COVID was a really weird time. Oh, yeah. And it really just invigorated people. And they liked, there is something that to be said right now in these times of uncertainty, people are drawn to strong men. This is actually how like dictatorships are. Formed. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, absolutely. Because, it's not a fa the fascist playbook. Yeah. It's like yeah. you people, because it makes them feel com comfortable. And that's how like, the attractiveness of some of these right. candidates right now, people love that Ron DeSantis is just like, whatever, we're going they here. Love that this. Trump too. And they love that about Trump. But I, again, Chantel, another drop to you. This is what we talk about a lot. I think it's because they, especially Trump can sometimes say things that are so outlandish that people know he's being real. There's no facade. There's no, I'm sorry, Democrats. I'm, I'm a democratic party member, but sometimes we sound like robots, like our messaging. It sounds we too sound contrived. Like, yeah, we like sound it, weak. We, we do sound weak. weak. And listen, I'll tell you as somebody who has a candidate, one of the things that I get all the time is people are mad at me because I'm not super weak. <laughs> Because I do say these things, isn't and that I won't like come back? But see, what but they, that, what we don't understand, this is what the other folks don't understand, is that the primary system does this. The Democratic yeah. people, the Democratic primary voters voted for Charlie because he was a nice guy. Right. The yeah. rest of hey. Florida said, "We don't fucking want a nice guy. We want somebody who's going to kick ass." And so, what I, the pressure that I face, and I can tell you from behind the curtains, is that other. Democrats, and I'm going to say it, it's our older, white, boomer Democrats. Love they you guys, just want to be like, can't you, can't you just be like a little more nice? And do you have to say fuck? And you, <laughs> fuck you yes. just like your dress is too short and it's just you're a little too loud. And do you have to? But wait, this is like women in general. The, the protesters. And I go, fuck, yes, I do. <laughs> and that's a problem for them. And it makes it real. I'm telling you, like, no, it, I, there is a disconnect. Well, and it's even worse because you're a woman. Of course it So is. Th that's a whole nother issue is that the only reason why you're being judged like that as being aggressive is that oh, Vice President Harris gets the same thing. Sure. I hear the same thing Clinton. about Vice President Harris all the time. She's rude. She's this. She's that. She's a boss. She is a boss. And that's how boss women. And that's how we should but, I mean, act. look at it like that's what it's like. We it's like we pick Charlie as Democrats because we don't 
Democrats didn't like Trump because he was so mean. See, I here's the thing. Here's what I liked about Charlie because I, yes, he presents as being very nice because he is. He presents as being kind because he is. But he's also someone who has always stood up for Floridians, which is why, so he is tough in action, which is why he got booted from the Republican Party because he said, fuck you. I'm doing what's best for Floridians. Right. I'm working with Barack Obama. And that's what I liked about him. That's yeah. what I respected about him because that's real. And I liked his policy who I feel like nobody read. I feel like more people needed to read his policy. Nobody reads policy. Nobody votes on policy. People vote on how they feel. And that's the other thing that Democrats, and listen, I'm a wonk. I'm an academic. I'm a professor. Same. Fucking understand it. Listen, nobody fucking read that shit i can <laughs> tell right. you i can pull up the fucking stats from my website and tell you nobody they reads don't it. and it's so frustrating they feel to good they want to and that was well hitler made people about, feel good yes. for fuck's sake yeah i know it's a i mean it's like it's but that's what i'm saying if we want to stop hitler democrats got to fucking this, grow a pair see, this is the thing this is not an exaggeration this no. is, it's not an exaggeration if you want to save the country get as strong be cool and be stop. cool no yeah. seriously no though. i know i know, like, I know. they you know they they make caricatures of trump on a fucking tank with the flag looking like rambo and they put it on a t-shirt because we, wait, they love that shit we had a people love that shit we had charlie christ as florida man no what was it he was a superhero and Look, I love me some Charlie Chris. Okay, but I get the point. I do. And I do agree. People don't want to take the time to read that. They do right. want somebody who presents as a strong leader, somebody who's going to stand up for them and represent them well. And you ha- I think we need people that are real too. Like I agree. you have to be real with people because the the idea of this corrupt politician and you know, that nobody really cares. There are people. That's what I tell people all the time that are like, I don't pay attention to politics. They're all corrupt. No, they're not. I know. There's a lot who are, I'm not corrupt. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know. Yeah, there are there Democrats in this state that are. Oh, absolutely. And that's, there are. that's how that but you're not folks gonna can stop get confused them. by that. Too. Exactly. But you're not going to stop them by not engaging, of course by not. not voting. Like you have to, and anybody can run for office. Anybody can run. Anybody can run for office. So listen, so we may be roadkill, Ron DeSantis, but I may just get back up and hunt your ass at night. <laughs> exactly. That's what we're going to do, Ron. All right. You and Trump are going to destroy each other, and Cindy and I are here for it. Right. We're here for it. We're going to... I hope they don't dissolve the entire party. That's going to be a big... No, you want to hear my prediction that's be before a big we go? red tape nightmare this yeah. is my best friend and i actually i can't i co-sponsored this prediction that donald trump and ron DeSantis will run together in the primary if ron DeSantis beats trump in the primary we predict that ron or ron and don it's hard to keep track that donald trump will run on the independent ticket because i don't think he can stand to lose and i think he would rather see a democrat elected than lose to ron DeSantis. that'll be fun so 2024, man, it's going to be a good time. But yeah. anyway, thank you so much, Sarah, for, for joining today. Me. Got a little bit of different flavor. You got me coming. Got me excited here at the oh, end. Good, like, good. Sorry, just because I was, I didn't mean, I like Charlie. I like him. But if Ron DeSantis can beat him in fucking white boots, oh, come on. Oh, my God, the boots. <laughs> the boots. What were you doing, Ron? You really, his faces. Have you seen, I've taken screenshots of his face, his faces that he makes during, like, speeches, press conferences where he's behind. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. How so, anyway, so, actually, that? Big Mouth Media has an amazing new shirt. Have you seen it? No. Fascist Snowflake. 
You've seen the meme. You've seen the photo of the woman in Iowa who gave Ron DeSantis a snowflake, and he's sitting there smiling, holding it, but it says fascist and cursive. We took that and put it on a T-shirt for you. So that really happened? That really happened. That is hilarious. And it doesn't matter because we have a shirt. So if you want to memorialize it on a shirt, have a laugh, get your fascist snowflake t-shirt, bigmouthmediafl.com. You'll see it on our Instagram page as well. And don't forget to watch the edited version of this, which comes out every Tuesday. We have the podcast version. And then for our subscribers on Big Mouth Media, you can watch the full video version. Awesome. Our YouTube channel will have a couple teasers. So we pulled out a couple little bites from last week's episode that you're going to want to check out on our YouTube channel. And here's the thing. One of the bills that we is coming through the Florida Senate, Florida legislature, but we didn't talk about today was the one that is going to require bloggers to register with the state. Yes. So there is an attack on journalism and media in the state. So we need your help and support. So support this podcast, you can get your subscription to Juice monthly for $4.99 a month. You can get an annual subscription for $49.99 a year. Those subscriptions get you access to the show. You will be able to come on live with us and ask a question. You get access to the videos afterwards. And then we're going to have some great live events coming up in the summer as well. So you'll be able Ooh. to be invited to those. And you get to support us at Big Mouth Media. Support. You can get the everything package, which is all of the shows. And we have new shows coming up. We have two new shows that are going to be released in the next two weeks. You're going to want to check those out. That's now with Howard Sapp Ooh, and Political Perspective yeah. with Carrie Lerner and the Lee County Democrats. All right. So those shows are coming up. But you can get the everything subscription, $19.99 a month or $1.99 a year. And you can help support independent media in the state of Florida, which is continuously under attack. Help us keep the lights on. Help us produce good content for you, which we know is not going to get into the regular media here because right. it's all controlled. We can have this independent voice and we can have it. We can only do it with your support. So yeah. check that out at bigmouthmediafl.com. That's the pitch. That was a lot. That was a lot. But that pay your money is basically that in a nutshell. Help us. Help us. Especially if we have to go to jail for blogging. I'll go to jail for blogging. I'll go to jail for blogging too. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. See you next time.